where do, where do you see the medium term of the economy? Just trying to give a backdrop, say, particularly for SMEs. I think it's still pretty tricky because there's so much debt out there. I mean, hopefully, you know, SMEs, you know, get, get their books tight and get plenty of quality back. But I think that is a long term challenge for everybody for a lot, is that there is so much, so much debt in the economy. Hello and welcome to Real Talk with Terry and the team, our new podcast series brought to you by Terry Bell, chairman of debt strategist firm Bell & Company and foreign property debt specialist EU Property Solutions. Terry is known for his straight-talking and no-nonsense approach, so if you want real and current business talk, you've come to the right place. Hello there, this is Terry Bell here from Bell & Company. This is a podcast that we're running where we're talking to what we see as people that are in the know in terms of the amount of BS that's out in the world and also doers in industry, restaurateurs, retailers and the like. Uh, And it's my great pleasure today to have with us Russ Mould, who is the, I think your title is, the Research Investment Director at AJ Bell. Yeah, just Investment Director now, because it, it was originally Research Investment Director, and I pointed out that spelled R-I-D, which meant that AJ Bell could get, which I didn't really fancy, so it went for something <laughs> a bit shorter. On, on it, so too many acronyms in the world, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, very, exactly. very carefully. Uh, you're a star of TV and radio, David Buick has advised me. Oh, well, David is a, is a good judge, and I find that very flattering, therefore, yeah, that's, that's for him to say, not me. I, I called him a city grandee and he didn't like that. He didn't, no, he wouldn't do. He, no, he didn't, he didn't die. Either. But anyway, David Buick, who's also uh, often on TV quite a bit, he, he recommended. So when we finish here, just so you know, Russ, we'll be asking for a couple of recommendations who we should contact, if that's okay. Yeah, that's fine. And David basically threw you under the bus. So that, that's okay. That's, I'll get him back when I next see him in Sweeties, which hopefully we can visit soon. You never absolutely, know. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, I tell you what, he, with David, just before we go on, I love the way he carries on on Twitter, David. Just takes it to the edge, trying not to fall out with folk, but just making sure people understand what his opinion is. Yeah, right. that's that's one bear pit I generally try and gently teeter around the edges of and try Absolutely. not to get too heavily involved. I, I, I had the I questioned something Austin Healy had said. And I, I've only got 11 followers. I'm nothing on Twitter, but Jeepers, was there a pile on? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a spooky world. But yeah, people will say things to you that they wouldn't necessarily say to you in person. So I find that quite hard sometimes. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. So you as a person then, Russ, you're uh, with a couple of bits we picked up on you, you're a part share owner in Lewis Football Club. That is correct. You're, you're alone. You'll have one share. So I've got no great claims to anything here. It's a publicly owned club. You buy one share, you get your one vote at the AGM and they did a, a crowdfunding last year to raise money for their new floodlights because the previous ones had been paid for by a Pink Floyd concert in the 1960s. So okay. they needed some new floodlights to meet FA requirements. Uh, and they raised about £34,000, which then grants doubled up to get them to the money that they wanted. So I, I, I love it. I'm a kind of bizarrely slightly lapsed Leeds United fan after a very fallow length period. Oh, Jesus. Of, 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 of fortunes. Also living in Brighton, getting up to Leeds, but it's, it's just not very convenient anyway. Yeah, um, uh, and I've just found non-league football to be enormous fun when we're allowed to go. Of course. Right, right. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a rugby man. We'll come back to that in a minute because obviously AJ Bell was linked to, to, to yes. sale particularly. Then the other things we found out about you and the, you're a lapse as well. I hear now as a, a lover of the horses, but obviously we can't attend. So that's yeah, no, love the horses still very, very much. Uh, you know, I don't know whether you can see the office behind me. There's loads and loads of equine books down there. Love the right. horse racing, but because I can't go, I, I'm yeah. generally really only bet when I can go. Yeah, and that's part of the disciplines. I don't get involved in a tap tap thing, which yeah. think, you know, in the end is 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 what the bookies want. And and I always remember Cyril Stein when he was introduced to Ladbrokes by I think his uncle Snouty Parker. They went to a bookmakers in North London, and and Stein noticed there were three kiosks saying bet here and one kiosk saying pay out. Absolutely. And he thought, well, this is a good business, and 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 I take that on board. So I do like to think I'm a I'm a disciplined punter, so I, I try and stick to it. When I've done my study and my research properly, and when I'm at, which is when I'm at the tracks, I've not gone involved since yeah since the lockdown. Basically. Since the lockdown, yeah. And then your other vices, because we're only dealing vices in terms of what you have there: of, uh, fine food and craft beer. Uh, craft beer, I'm very keen on. Hey, yeah, very, as a Yorkshireman, very Tippers. blessed. Yeah, that, that no, fancy but, uh, carry on. Yeah, no, but I've, I've, I've got lots of Timothy Taylor landlord in the house at the moment. Good man. Keith Keithley's finest. But yeah. Yeah, Sussex is a thriving scheme. One of the lads who's on um, the committee at the local cricket club where I help, he runs an, an off-licence here, and, and Toby's got a fantastic selection in shops. So I'm busily working my way through those. It is God's own nectar, is it, landlord, isn't it? Taylor's no, landlord. It's can, just can, can, unbelievable. Uh, yeah. but it's also, but did, they, I don't know if you know this, become, yeah. it's, it's Maradona's yeah. favourite beer. 
It was Maradona's favourite beer, apparently. Yeah, absolutely. Really? Absolutely. A weird, weird fact. You just need to that put it up very, there. Very use it, yeah. yeah. Right. So, 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 so I have so, cultivated the taste for Harvey's, which is the local Sussex. I was going to say that as well. That was the other well. thing I was saying. It's just around the ground from the Lewis Football Club. The yeah. The brewery's right around the corner from the yeah. I was gonna Mighty say, Rooks. When, so. you've got, when you've got that there, and uh, yeah. what have we got? King and Barnes down that neck of the woods. Is that still? Yeah, I think so. Don't see too much of that around, but certainly plenty of Harvey's and plenty of craft beers, which keeps me more than. And hopefully, my lovely local pub is reopening on the seventeenth of May. He mm. hasn't got a big, he hasn't got a big garden. Steve, mm. Vicky, the landlord and landlady. So hopefully the seventeenth of May. Claim the street. Claim the street. Fingers crossed. Absolutely, very good. So anyway, that's the economy in one: beer, horses, and beer, uh, horses, you know, yeah. and sport. That's good. The new Perfect. floodlights. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> very good. So AJ Bell. So you're the investment director. Sorry, now yes. At uh, AJ Bell, give us a. Is it, this is your, your chance to plug AJ Bell. Was it? So we've we've our research says it's about sixty-two billion under management. Bot on your researchers have absolutely nailed it. Yes. Yeah, so we're, 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 we're what's known as a platform. I mean, when I'm on radio and telly, we say stockbroker because it's easier for people to understand. Uh-huh. But that we, we basically administer people's investments and make investing easy for them. Right. So all of their funds and shares are all in one place. We now offer cash management services. We help them with their tax reporting. And we try and make it so you can do it over your laptop, your mobile, wherever you are. And we try and make it as cost effective as we can as well. So right. we help out hundreds of thousands of investors, private investors, and also um, financial advisors use our platform as well to help their clients. So it's all about making things as, as, as quick and simple as we can, while obviously making sure people's money is, is kept safe and secure. Mm-hmm. And in, in these days, that's going to be more and more important, I think, as we go forward here. We spend a lot of money on IT security to make sure that our customers harder than 62 billion pounds yeah absolutely and so so just recently and it's definitely not a link but the the fca was slightly concerned the other day about young people and the way their investment trends are and when uh can you give us a little bit of a heads up on how how you look at that because it's back to the click click potentially yeah no it is it's something that we're monitoring very very carefully we don't provide advice but we do provide context and background and information for people to help them make the best decisions that are most suited to their circumstances. So we will try and say, you know, these are the things that you need to think about. You know, what's your long-term strategy? What's your time horizon? What do you actually try and work, earn yeah. each year? And what's your appetite for risk, which is yeah. best defined as your willingness and ability to lose money when you're, when you're trying to make it. And what we are definitely seeing is our customer base is getting younger. Yeah, We're getting more and more young investors coming along. The average age is... I think 43 now, well, that, that's dribbling down, but we're seeing a lot of customers in their 20s and 30s yeah. signing up now. Again, because they can do it over their mobile phone and therefore we've, we've got to be absolutely, we're, we're, although we call ourselves a stockbroker, we're in some way we're probably a technology company more than anything else. Um, and we are looking at that and we are therefore trying to help them as best we can without giving direct advice because we have seen a lot of activity in names like GameStop, for example, particularly mm-hmm. amongst the younger investors. Yeah, I think we saw... You know, I think it was something like one in two investors under 30 were having a bash at it, and 92% of those customers were men, which, yeah. you know, re- read into that what you will. Yeah. Um, so we, we, we are aware of that, and we, we are aware of our responsibilities that make sure that people tr- hopefully help them avoid some of, the, some, of the, some of the traps and mistakes that you can make if you're an experienced investor, because generally speaking, you know, we've, we've had, what, a 12-year, effectively a 12-year bull run. I know we had a bit of a wobble last year, and there have been, stumbles in you know 11 15 18 but generally speaking the chart's gone from you know the bottom left to the to the yeah. top right um and stock markets are at their most dangerous when making money makes easy is making money looks easiest which yeah. in some ways it, it does look easy at the and it's, it's trying to keep well. it out of that sort of go back to the the demographic we call it the 92 percent young men thing it's almost like keeping it out of that gaming field that that thing when you've got reddit and game store and then social media it almost comes a not a perfect, yeah. no, an ugly it's storm. True. Not a perfect, so it's an ugly storm, and it can suddenly get a little bit out of hand, can't it? I, I don't want to. Go, I mean, I'm, I'm nearly fifty-two. I don't want to go around something like people's dad or even granddad. And again, we don't give them advice, but you know, this is the sort of thing you know I've seen before in two thousand and two thousand and seven in my career. And behind me, there's loads and loads of history books that tell me this has been happening since the sixteen nineties. Yeah. So although technology changes, human behaviour doesn't and i think that's one thing that we all need to be very very aware of and i'm thankfully not at the stage where loads and loads of friends are coming to ask me for tips but then they've probably given up because i don't i i I never give them any i just say look you know a i'm an authorized and regulated financial advisor you've got to be careful 
and B, tips are for waiters, rubbish dumps and delivery riders. So, you know, you've got to be pretty careful there. So do your own research is the one thing that we yeah. really, really preach. Because and, and, and you don't those, understand those, something you're guessing, if you're guessing, you're gambling, and then it's back to the three kiosks, say, pay, out, pay here and one, say, pay yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's, it's putting in those sort of, con not controls, like you say, but it's making sure, but are you, is that really your level of risk you want? Are you sure? Exactly. Do you understand Correct. the ramifications? And, uh, Correct. And that's yeah. absolutely, because in the end, and risk in an investment sense is losing your money. Now, it, you know, we've talked about gambling and, and it's very, very different from investing in that you can do all your research as I do on the ponies, but the jockey can make a mistake. The jockey can fall off. The going yeah. can change. The horse can be badly drawn and your return, if something goes wrong, is zero because you've lost your money. Yeah. Whereas with investing, the first thing to do is focus on downside protection because yeah. even if something unexpected happens like, pandemic <laughs> you've got a company that has got hopefully a good balance sheet can withstand the bad times and you can be patient and see you through and i think what we what we you know stock markets financial markets when they work well mm -hmm. are get rich slow mechanisms mm -hmm. they're not fruit machines where you just pull a handle and, yeah. and, and hope for the best and i think that's a a, a better something that we do try and get across in customer webinars and seminars and and the uh, the pieces that we put out to our customers and clients. And sounding like an old man, and I because I'm old. Sorry, I'm, I'm even older than you. No, no, it's, but but it, but, it, but it's that thing where everything is quite sort of self gratifying quite quickly in the world, and then it going back to investments, making sure guys, it's, it's, some, it's almost like saying in the old school stuff. This is bottom drawer stuff. Put that away. If you've got money to play with, play with it. But get get your mix almost right. I think that's what I mean. I, I'm, I'm not averse to customers having, you know, for want of a better turn of phrase, a sort of portion of their portfolio that's sex, drugs and rock and roll, yeah. where, you know, things can be really exciting and, and can go up a lot. But, uh, and if they go really, if they double or treble, they will make a difference. Yeah. But equally, that percentage of your portfolio won't really, really hurt you if it halves or goes to zero. And yeah. I think that's really what you're trying to achieve. So, yeah, have, I mean, one of the things that we always say is, look, the AIM market, the junior market in London, the small caps, not always, but generally small caps, is about 3 or 4% of London's market cap. Yeah. It attracts a huge amount of attention relative Absolutely. to that, certainly amongst retail investors, because they're looking for that next big thing. Yeah. But if you've got your the shares portion of your portfolio and you've got more than 3 or 4% in AIM shares, whether you know it or not, you are taking on above average levels of risk. Mm -hmm. You've got to know you're doing it and you've got to be comfortable with that. And if you're not, if you're not comfortable with it, then that's maybe when you need to think about what you're doing a little bit. Yeah. And you say, and, and because COVID, you know, the terrible thing that it's been, especially on the death side, it, it's the ultimate, you know, it's reset, isn't it? It's, this is what can happen, guys. We, 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 our opinion was always the economy's, excuse my parlance, it's spluttering and farting along. It wasn't going anywhere great. It was, it's nope. fairly okay. But, and something was due, but to, to, to throw a pandemic in that actually gripped us like it did. Yeah, completely unforecastable. And in the end, share prices are a bit of irrelevance compared to the, you know, the, the loved ones that people have lost and, and, and the health woes that, peop that, that, that people have suffered. Um, but looking at it from the, the narrow perspective of, of share prices, it was a huge shock. But equally, you know, you read work, but I think it was the American economist Morgan Housel wrote, you know, when you read the history books, and I've read loads because a lot of them are behind because I, I did history at university, it, you know, you read the history books, it's not. What's in the history books? It's not Ross Mull got up, went to work five days a week, got on the train, the train was vaguely on time, it was a little bit late, and he went down the pub. The stuff that's in the history books is, oh my goodness, there was an earthquake, there was a war, there was a pandemic. It's the, it's the sort of tail ends of the mm. bell curve, as it were, it's the extremes at the end yeah. that make the history books. And that, as an investor, is probably what you always need to have in the back of your mind, is that something is going to come along. Now, it might yeah. be every... 5, 10, 15, although in terms of stock market volatility, it, they've been coming, they've been getting more and more frequent and getting bigger. Mm -hmm. And I think that's because the foundations are weaker because there's just more debt in the system and yeah. central banks have tried to keep the plate spinning, but yeah. they've done that by making debt cheap and encouraging people to borrow more. So you're trying to cure a debt crisis by encouraging more borrowing, which is not a long-term solution. And it no. means that means that the, the foundations are more fragile and are more prone to shock mm -hmm. when something again i think when people are building their portfolio that's something that they need to be need to be aware of but again trying to it sounds boring but investing is ultimately kind of supposed to be boring because it's about Absolutely. setting out for the, for the for the future roller coasters are exciting but you don't end up with anything left at the end apart from a beating heart and an empty pocket mm -hmm. and, and you don't want investing to be like that so I, it is about planning companies that 
good competitive position, strong profit margins, good cash flow, can pay dividends, and have finance so they can withstand yep. some pretty bad stuff. Because yep. it's the ones that can't do that are the ones that are in trouble when trouble turns up, which which it will. As, as Tim Price was writing in his blog the other week, and he was quoting no men from all country, the sheriff says, you know, well, if this isn't a mess, it'll do until one comes along. <laughs> and at some stage, one will. Yeah, there were two the two things that we, we, there was a there's a guy who used to go to our rugby club. He was the um, the chairman of Skipton Mill Society, John Goodfellow, back in the day, great Glaswegian, a uh, bit, bit fresh with the language, but very good. But he he explained to me the 2008 crash, and he said that's because the world became full of wooden dollars. Tokyo, London, New York, Tokyo, London, New York said, and it went wrong because some bugger had the temerity to ask for their money back. <laughs> that's that, well, that's the thing, and that's only well, and you're seeing that now with them. Um... Archigos, this this hedge fund that's gone under this week. The bank, yeah. somebody somewhere got cold feet. Decided they want their money back, and and, and and that's when the that's when. And the thing is, you never never know when that's going to be that that person decides enough's enough. But they will eventually. That's coming. It's a little bit like the Suez thing this week. The boat getting stuck. You know, you've got the, the, a major, a major transport channel. And it's really, I was speaking to a guy who's actually a solicitor involved in it. He said, it's a really great trench. We, we couldn't, you could actually get to it. You know, so you had that image of the wee digger because that was the only thing that could get there to start with yeah. until this up. But it's so, and it, that, that's because we're living the world on that just in time delivery of stuff. You know, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if that changes. I'm given that you've got, I mean, you've, whether you believe in it or not, and I'm going to say, I, I'm trying to stay as neutral as I can looking to through share prices, whether you're a believer or not in Brexit, mm-hmm. it is part of, the, it is potentially a deal that is designed to sort of restrict trade flows to some degree, or at least tilt them in a different direction. You've now got companies looking at supply chains because of the pandemic. You've yeah. got trade tensions between America and China and Europe and China. And, and so I think you are seeing a world where people might just try and run things that a little bit less keenly than that, a little bit less tightly than they have. The FT called it a year ago saying that we'd swapped uh, robustness for efficiency mm-hmm. for timeliness. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I, I, I think with the phrase that it used, and I think that's pretty good. And I think you will see managers take, well, you would like to think you'll see managers take a slightly more cautious look perhaps. Although, you know, I, I think that everybody had last year when there was the dash for cash, that people would be very, very careful with their cash, but you've actually had seven, eight, forty hundred companies announce share buybacks this year, which yeah. I find kind of interesting. Mm. Um, would suspect that maybe one or two people think that we are going completely back to normal. I hope that's right. But somebody who's somebody who's not a big buyback fan in the first place, I'm yeah. not necessarily a great sign. So on on that then, Russ, so we, we're looking at the kind of obviously we, we deal primarily with SMEs, typically yeah. a maximum sort of ten million pound turnover, but it, 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 we're starting to see that thing. And the the economy, I've been listening to quite a bit of them in America at the minute, and they they they've got a there's a backdrop there where obviously they're into whatever Joe's signing up this week, four billion trillion, four trillion, sorry, they're in for it. Yeah. We did a brilliant thing the other day on seconds. I don't know if you've seen that about a million seconds, uh, a billion seconds, a trillion seconds. Yeah. I would put some on LinkedIn on it. It's amazing. So, so we get the context. You know, billions are yesterday's number, aren't they? Boris has thrown a billion right, there. So. We've got a billion there, a couple of hundred billion there. So where do you see, in terms of the economy, what, what, what's your perception of the medium term in the economy? So we get, get back out of COVID, touch wood, um, we're all vaccined up. That's great. And we get the drop down. The world catches up, hopefully. Where do, where do you see the medium term of the economy? Just trying to give a backdrop, say, particularly for SMEs. I think it's still pretty tricky because there's so much debt out there. I mean, hopefully, you know, SMEs, you know, have, have, have kept, kept their books tight. And they've, they've kept plenty of equity back. But I think that is a long term challenge for everybody mm-hmm. for a lot, is that there is so much, so much debt in the economy. Uh, you know, equally, you've got a lot of people who are, who are doing very well, that asset rich. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think this concept of the K-shaped recovery is, is, is very potentially uh, 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 going to be a feature for some time. The, the well-off are doing well and those who are struggling are, are, are struggling. So I think the long-term growth prospects are difficult because population growth isn't great. You know, immigration is a bit of a hot button topic in the UK at the moment, uh-huh. and and debt is is a major problem, and and that is in is inherently a challenge because the at some stage the interest rate has to be paid, the interest has to be paid unless of course something's done about that. The Bank of England is clearly going to keep interest rates very low for as long as it possibly dare to help people fund those debts, mm-hmm. and I suspect that the, the best way out. I mean, if you look at the debt that we that's accumulated, you either grow your way out of it 
Well, let's hope so. I mean, you may well see a big bounce coming out of the lockdown, but after that, you'd expect that to normalise relatively quickly. Yeah. Uh, you, then you have to try and uh, pay it back. Well, that's not going to really happen, is it? And so then you're either looking to inflate it away or effectively default on it. And we haven't defaulted on our debt since 1672, and we're not going to rush to do that. So you're effectively looking to inflate your way out of it. And I suspect that is the long-term game. I also think that we'll probably have greater government uh, influence over the economy for some time because it's been dragged into it. I mean, Boris Johnson is a libertarian and he's been, dragged, he's been dragged into it whether he wanted or not. Yeah. Uh, but equally, if the public decide they didn't do as good a job as they should have done, they may decide to elect people who are more overtly uh, in favour of, of, of state intervention. It's not something I'm personally in favour of myself. I think no. there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a there's a balance between private enterprise and government. Government provides the regulatory protection, the education, the health that everybody needs. Private enterprise is then very, very good at making the most of that. And they need to appreciate that they have each other. But certainly anywhere where, you know, private enterprise is left to its own, it will clearly want to mock and monopolize. And if the government gets involved, well, if that works, we'll all be speaking Russian, wouldn't we? Yeah. So that, that clearly isn't a, a solution. It's going to, 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 to either extreme. But the government is going to have to try and inflate its debt away. And that is something that investors are going to potentially have to protect themselves against. And it's easier if you're well off with assets Absolutely. than it is if you aren't well off without them. And I think yeah. that is, again, a societal challenge that we all need to be aware of going forward. Two, two opinions I was listening. I, I got quite into the listening to, to America, basically, which is because we, we will become very insular. You know, it's, it's great. I listen, over the years, and I'm at advanced years, I'm trying to extend my view out of the UK, right? We're in Northern Ireland, which is very parochial. You know, it's, you know we think the world's flat either side sort of stuff and that care. But in terms of Americans, there were two opinions and there were guys I'd nearly respect. They're more business orientated. They're not necessarily economic experts such as yourself. But what they, what they see is when we go back, when we get back, uh, the businesses that we're going to struggle in, and I think Luke Johnson used the phrase, you know, in the business sense, if it had a pre-existing condition, you, 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 you've had it. Yeah. Then they see a short-term stimulus. Obviously, there's quite a bit of pent-up cash in terms of, you know, uh, we're not being able to spend it, basically, apart from on our dear Amazon drivers. And then their concern is within two or three years, inflation. Whether that's too soon, but... But again, going back to age, and when we're not trying to be, I'm not trying to be wise. Anything. Younger people have not experienced inflation. Young experience. No one's experienced an uplift of any interest rate. It's it's you know it's fascinating. I remember I was watching um, the original Ghostbusters with my kids of well, fourteen and teen, teen, fourteen and twelve now. But watching the original Ghostbusters over Christmas, and you may remember Bill Murray, who's the lead guy, he yeah. buys them the ambulance that they turn into the Ghostbusters mobile. Well, he remortgages his flat to buy that jalopy. And he says, I got a really good deal. I got 17 and a half percent. That day, I was talking <laughs> to somebody the other day. Can you imagine telling that? No, to look at you like you were from Mars. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But I, I remember the day, it's almost like the JFK thing, but about interest rates when it went to 18% that day and not, yeah. man of the month. But, it, but if you go from, if you're paying, if you've got a great mortgage, say you're paying two, 3% on your mortgage a month, whatever it is, your interest rate, suddenly 1% is a lot. And I think this is why the, 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 the foundations of the economy are not, as strong as we would like mm -hmm. is it yes interest interest rates don't have to go back to five or six percent because as you said there's so much more debt in the system yeah the impact of an incremental point is enormous um, bank of america merrill lynch did a piece talking about i think it's one percent on um america's borrowing uh a per an uh, annual deficit is the equivalent of nasa's budget 30 billion bucks just massive so it, it, we're, we're talking huge numbers and, and, and working your way out of them it really isn't going to be very easy so i i share your share the sme's concern that we mm. we have some challenges now inflation is the solution if you're a debtor yeah absolutely but it, going it, back it, going back to your k recession it's going to be the bottom part of the case it's be, going to be so cruel on them because it, it uh, clobbers them in terms of utility bills food yeah. prices and, and wages probably won't keep up so it, it, it again it's 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 not there is no there is no free lunch but You've seen those statistics whereby was it a quarter of all of the world money ever printed has been printed in the last 12 to 18 months. Yep. You would logically assume at some stage that inflation will result in that, but it's not just volume of money, it's, it's velocity that needs to pick up. And that's yep. what you might get, because this time, whereas after the great financial crisis with quantitative easing, the, bank, the, the government bought bonds, the money effectively went to the banks. The banks yep. then didn't really do an awful no. lot with it necessarily. Whereas this time it's been stimmy checks and a lot of vitally needed furlough money, yep. and that has gone straight to individuals. Yeah. So the the the, 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 the ability to spend it straight away and the propensity to do so 
are both much greater. So that could have a big effect. And if we do get inflation, yeah, nobody's nobody's seen hiding a hair of it really, unless you're Venezuelan or, or Argentinian yeah. for, for 40 years. Yeah. So, and I think this is the danger of modern monetary theory. You've got a lot of American economists and smart politicians saying, well, nobody remembers inflation. So who cares? It's never going to come back. It's like saying, well, a tree fell over in the forest. Nobody was there. So it didn't fall over. Yeah. If, if anything, it means that the, the, the chances of people are that coming back are more because people don't remember it and don't know the horrible damage that it did in the 19, in the 1970s. And it, it's, it's a link. The IMF on bended knee for a bailout, for goodness Absolutely. sake. And it lingers for, not forever, but lingers for an age, doesn't it's, it? And it's, it's, uh, it, it's a psychological, in many ways, it's a psychological phenomenon. It's like that old Yogi Berra quote, the New York Yankees baseball player. You know, He said that baseball is 90% mental and the other half is physical. Uh, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll unstitch that in a minute. Yeah. But inflation is the same. It's 90% psychological. If you can start seeing prices going up, absolutely, then you think, hang on, if prices are going up really that quickly, I'm going to buy it today, not tomorrow, and I'm going to demand a pay rise. And that's when the whole thing suddenly starts to, mm-hmm. starts, to, starts to pick up. And yeah, it was the phenomenon of the 70s, but the damage it did to the economy in the 70s and to investors' portfolios in the 70s from a different perspective mm-hmm. was, was huge. In the 70s, the only things that really worked long run Cash was a nightmare. Government bonds were a nightmare. The FTSE All Share actually doubled when Denny Seeley was Chancellor of the Exchequer and, and Jim and Harold Wilson and, and Michael Call- and Jim Callahan were, 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 were Prime Minister seventy four to seventy nine. But inflation, the C- the retail price index rose by one hundred and ten percent over the same time period. Mm-hmm. So you were no better. You just about washed your face. That wasn't bad. Yeah. The things that did well were commodities and real stuff, so gold, yeah. silver. Yeah. Uh, and the only equities that really helped you were anything that you could pour down your note or down your throat or the sink, i.e. consumer staples, because they are pricing power because people have to get them. Yeah. So they were able to move their prices up and cope with the raw materials. But from your SME's perspective, when in the, when in the mid-70s interest rates were 18 20%, who on earth is going to build a plant Absolutely. when money's going to cost you 18 to 20% yeah. and you can get an 18 to 20% guaranteed return just by leaving it in the bank? That's the damage that it does and people mustn't forget just because we haven't had it for a long time doesn't mean it can't happen once you flip that switch and the psychology changes it's really really hard to flip yeah. it back as paul volcker and, and nigel lawson proved in the early 1980s and it's also very difficult as to, today as well because of the, the the complex mix it's put again back to the sme world for a minute is the complex nature of finance at the minute when you've got the peer-to-peer flat platforms generally Generally, the, the high street big four as was sit sit back a lot of them. They're, they're fairly cherry picking, and you we, we sometimes see this talk. To, we had one guy came to us and he had twenty three of these bloody platform loans, you know, and it's trying to unravel that sort of stuff and the effect that's going to have again. And we do, I don't want to be that's, profit do, but it, it's no, trying, no, it, it's trying to get that balance and just say right, the, 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 this could happen. And like we said, a, a little sewers event, not that big one event, but uh, heaven forbid. Uh, any other uh, form of illness, pandemic, whatever you want to call it, we're, we're pretty fickle, aren't we? As an economy, yeah, we, we are. It, 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 it's it's again the foundations are not as strong as you would like, and and that's a the point about your SME there with umpty tumpty different different loans. Mm. If you read um, William Shawcross's book on Rupert Murdoch, again go back into the depths of time in 1990, 1991, News Corporation was nearly going bust because yeah. he was shoveling all his money into this funny satellite broadcasting company that nobody yeah. had ever heard of that was losing bundles. There was a recession on, so print advertising was under pressure, so there was a double whammy. And mm. I think News Corp had to roll over debts with about 160 different banks. Yeah. One, I think yeah. it was in Pittsburgh, went, no. And at that point, News Corporation looked like it was going bust. And I remember that distinctly because I was just starting my career as a fund manager. And the very bright lad around the, around the Aussie desk was up the kazoo with News Corporation stock. He was <laughs> at it right at it up to here because he was convinced that people wouldn't allow. They just well, you go if you pull yeah. the rug, you're going to take a massive bath here. Yeah. So duh, you know you're going to you're going to roll up, and eventually they did roll over, and News Corp stock went absolutely ballistic, and then didn't look back probably until the phone tapping scandal. But yeah. you know it, it it so it shows that it can be complicated. And unfortunately, in the case mm. of an SME. A bank probably would be tempted to pull the rug because the damage wouldn't be as great as it would be pulling the rug from underneath nice Mr. Murdoch. So I think that, and also what you tend to see during it, the number of, you tend to see unemployment go up and corporate figures go up when we come out of a recession mm-hmm. 
because that's when companies need more working capital to fund you know, inventory and stock and trade receivables and buy plant. And it's also when the banks think, oh, we've survived that. We can actually get something back now if we, you know. Yeah. So it, 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 coming out of the recession is, is, can be a tricky time for SMEs. Yes. Yeah, very much so. Because it, it's, again, that valuability fund. Again, back to John Goodfellow was talking about once. Again, because he was at the time, and I can speak because he passed away a couple of years with some of the stuff he said, but he was saying that with the, with the 2008 crash, He's, so, he, for instance, I think Lloyd's have been kindly passed on Halifax. They, there you go. You can have Halifax. So there's a good one for you. Don't yeah. thank me. Okay, so you yes. got that. But he said, you imagine that man's to-do list. I, I can't remember who was the, the CEO of uh, Lloyd's then, but the to-do list on a Monday was must find £11 billion. Pounds. But it, and I, I've got a feeling that we're slightly going to get into that place possibly where the very fact you need to borrow money would preclude you from actually being able to get it. Because the rate's going to be there. So it's almost like self-fulfilling. You're right. Okay. He's going back to the rates you were talking. Say so it's, so it's 12%, right? Yeah, I'll have it. Well, why do you want it at 12%? That's crazy. It's almost like, you know, so it's a, it's a just Happy a way to get to. Absolutely. Back on the back on the macro side, if you can, because you're mm. but on, on this side here, government borrowings. So the, the Americans are in for a four trillion and cool mm -hmm. 1.9 this week. Rishi must be in for, I don't know, whatever it is, 700 billion, 500 billion, whatever the figure is. How long can they carry on doing that? It's a brilliant question. Um, so long as they keep paying the interest, mm -hmm. in theory, the, the one argument is, well, they can, they can keep on doing it forever, right? But I think, in, again, it gets harder and harder uh, if and when, well, government bond yields are trickling up already. If interest rates start going up properly, then it, it gets really, really, it gets really, really difficult. So then what you end up doing is probably printing more money to more, more money to fund it. And that takes us back to the inflation question. It's again, it's a matter of psychology and confidence amongst those people who've lent us the money. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, what interest rate they're prepared to accept in return for the risk of inflation or the, or the, or the negligible risk of, of, of default. So what I suspect is that the long-term solution will be a combination of, you know, there'll be money printing, but it's also what um, Carmen Reinhart called financial repression. And she developed that concept from some professors in the US in the 70s whose names I've forgotten. So I apologize if I'm giving credit to Carmen Reinhardt for all of their work, but she, she certainly developed it. And she said that, you know, and this was based on how banana republics dealt with their debt crises in the 60s and 70s. Mm -hmm. So basically the first one was, well, you crush interest rate to zero. Tip. Secondly, central banks then start manipulating bond yields to keep interest rates low. Third, the government then starts leaning on the banks, telling them, well, actually, we really think we should be lending here. And if you think that's not happening in the UK right now, C bills, CL bills, the trade back, the government guaranteed loans to um, the mortgage market, the government guaranteed loans to EasyJet and British mm -hmm. Airways. Yeah. Tick. It's happening already. And then what you have to, well, then what, you know, hopefully, then, then we'll be looking for some inflation. And then the final, then you move on to actually, well, I'll tell you what. We've got so many, we're having to issue so many of these government bonds to fund our debt. The next step we get in financial repression is you, banks, insurers, financial intermediaries, as part of your capital adequacy requirements, you have to own these things. Yeah. Suck it up. Yeah. That's the next step. And the last step is when people think, Christ, they're coming for everything. That's when capital controls come in so to stop money leaving the country. Mm -hmm. And that's the fifth now, hopefully. You know, it was only people forget it was only Mrs. Statue who got rid of those in the 1970s yeah. and 80s. You used to have to, you know, take about 50 quids with a foreign currency with you and a lot of travelers checked. So yeah. people forget these things. So that's your five step checklist, as it were. We're already at number three. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're ticking them off, aren't we? As yeah. you say that. It's, it's, and, and it, I, I, know it, I know it was all based on banana republics, but our debts, not too dissimilar from banana republics in no. the 60s and 70s we, on a percentage uh, uh, of GDP basis. And it's how quickly governments do turn on the financial institutions, like you say. We, we do a bit in Spain. Okay, had, always look for a always look for a scapegoat. When when we had the two thousand, so we're dealing quite a bit with people that bought negative or have negative equity on property that they bought back in two thousand eight. We always say they got off the plane full of sangria and signed up and made made a mistake. That's cool. So, but then so then you've got the banks. We work with the banks right way through there, and now they're turning back on them. So it, back in the then they said right, we'll cover basically any losses. Don't worry, just keep writing the checks. That's cool. Now they're flipping it back back to you saying about retaining the assets. Make sure you've got the assets. They're saying if you if you've got the shortfall there, if there's a hundred grand on a property and you've got a thousand properties, we, we want that money lodging with us physically. 
And so then that pulls the banks back in and tightens them up. And suddenly, and then you've got the, the you know, our economy, all economies are fragile, Spanish, you know, the Italians and everything else there. But, it, but it's, it's just very, very subtle things that can quickly turn. All right, that's all, that's all pretty negative we've gone through there, right? So, but it's, 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 it's something we need, need to, to know the something backdrop. We need to be, it's something we need to be aware Absolutely. of. The Absolutely. Debt is a, the debt is a problem. And, you know, it, it, it's not going away in a hurry. The, the inflating it away is probably the best of a very bad list of options, given mm. where we are right now. So, so we because we if we we look in obviously we we starting to get inquiries already because we deal with as soon as business start to come under pressure then they they start to come to us, and it doesn't sort of fill me with joy to say it but we're going to be very busy going forward yeah commercially very good but you still don't want people to, to struggle, but we're already seeing just as we start to open up again people starting to lift the phone starting to see. We start to see a few lenders tightening up, a couple of these platforms tightening up, a couple of the developer-style platforms just hang on a minute, guys. Let's you know, let's just count every bloody brick here, not measure it by yards and all this sort of stuff. So it's yeah. so you start to see that. So we're we're in that side. The good side is there's been some real successes. I'm you know in in lockdowns and some of our clients are a lot. It's hardly changed. It seems to be the traditional retail, the uh, the hospital, obviously hospitality devastated, construction. I, it was a guy, is it David Smith that writes in the Times? He always does his skip count. Yep. That's his basic economic count. Crane count. If you're, I used to do a yeah. crane count whenever I went to Manchester. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cheapest Manchester. They love a crane in Manchester, don't they? So, uh, but so there's been the, the good side, and there's, there's going to be the fallout through it. But it's it's, it's almost like it's almost like not not to not worry about what's here in the say next eighteen months, two years. It's a bit further down the track that we. I think we, we've got, there's going to be a sea change in attitudes and everything. And our ability to deal with it, not just financially, we're going back to our younger people, their ability mentally to deal with bad news and or, you know, yeah, things going wrong. Was, I think it was Herbert Hoover who said, you know, blessed are our grandchildren for they shall inherit the national debt. You know, yeah. and, and that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a, a, a major issue going forward. It, and I, I, you know, I know that inequality is a, is a, is a major issue, that there is a solution. How long are we from a millennial prime minister or chancellor of the exchequer? Mm. Not long, no. ten years, twenty. No. no. All right, certainly a Gen Z anyway. So, no. just demographics. In the end, you will have people from those generations who feel that they're not being given a fair lick of the bottle. Absolutely. They're going to be in charge, and they're yeah. going to say, "Well, ooh, all this lovely housing stock that you beggars have got, you know, we're going to tax the pants off you." So that, that there, there can be things that will change, but it's going to be a generational thing as. As demographics does its does its thing. Absolutely, but these these are two sides to it. They're going back to what you're saying about the K-shaped recession. As I see it, the bottom part of that is going to be younger people. They are going to be not um, to generalise, but the baristas of the world and bar guys and girls and stuff like that. Eventually, they're going to be running the country in a different way. And, Massively, and they, they may well choose to settle a few bills in various uh -huh. ways. Shapes, Absolutely, which is something of which you know people with assets. You know, they need to be aware of that from a financial planning perspective, shall we say. Absolutely, in every sense. And that, and that going back to that mix and, you know, going back to the your, your FTSE fund through to back to your aim pump sort of thing, isn't it? It's yeah. just keeping that right mix there. Correct. Because um, we're talking, if you look at Macron, Macron essentially got voted. He, don't judge the man now, but in terms of where, you met, how, where he came from in terms of politically to come to where he was. I, yeah, I know, I'm old in the test. I am sick to death of politicians and their inability to sort of nearly answer something. And they just, I think they're missing out, going back to your thing on the generational side, I don't think they link at all with them. I don't think they link at all. Uh, I think some plain speaking and some truth telling, painful as it is, is, is no bad thing, personally. Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, because in the end, Gen Z and the millennials, they are daft. They're going to work it out for themselves. They're working it out for themselves anyway. They, can, they feel that they're getting a short end of it. Uh, and that some change they will be in a position to do something about it. And, you, uh, and I would much rather, frankly, pay, you know, an extra few P in the pounding tax if the alternative is having to be beating my front door down. Absolutely. Which, and, and I, you know, it, it doesn't take a lot, only in my darkest hours, I think, in those terms. But ultimately, you can see it in Brighton sometimes, certainly during the, 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 the winter lockdown from Hopefully, which were just emerging, you could, you could definitely see people who economically are on the edge and are really struggling and it's, it's yeah. not a nice thing to see no in today's world that shouldn't be should it uh, you'd like to think not no it, i mean there are notion. some people who've made choices that have taken them down a bad path particularly yeah. here in brighton but there are a lot of people out there who are who are grafting away and 
not necessarily feeling they're getting a, a fair lick at it, which is which is not good. No. Mm -hmm. AJ Bell, uh, is, uh, and it's, this isn't a selling thing, but they do quite a bit for disadvantaged young people, don't they? Yeah, and I mean Andy Bell is our CEO, and I know I'm being recorded, but he is an absolutely fantastic fella, and he's acutely aware of the company's responsibilities, not just to its customers, but more widely. We didn't accept any VAT relief, any rates relief. We paid all of our tax. We didn't lay anybody off. Mm -hmm. And he's run several charitable initiatives during uh, the pandemic. So we were giving uh, free tablets to care homes so people Very could good. see their relatives when they weren't allowed in. And we've been running uh, various food bank and food share schemes as well. So it's yeah. something that you know everybody at the firm is encouraged to, yeah, to chip in. So I actually spend Mondays... Um, Monday lunchtime is doing food bank deliveries myself in Brighton, believe it or not. So coming back to the desk, then talk about Deliveroo has been quite an interesting you yeah. know, um, juxtaposition of dealing with people who need food banks to the guy Will Shua runs Deliveroo saying, well, in the future, it's our mission to, you know, there are 21 meals a week and on average households get one online a week. And it's my mission to make sure it's 21 of them. Not buying into that. I, 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 yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> Mickey, Mickey, oh, Clark, yeah. Mickey Clark about delivery. I'd see their unfortunately their shares have slipped a fair bit this morning. I think haven't that's they? Well, they're putting it. Yeah, yeah that's the a plot. bit of indigestion there. I think. Yeah, absolutely. But when when you start seeing them hanging outside Greg's and doing deliveries from Greg's and something like that, you're suddenly sort of down, down, down product wise anyway where you are. But uh, Mickey Clark always said about delivery. Hang on a minute. Middle aged men in like on bikes with a blue box on the back and a fancy bit of software. A unicorn. Mm. I, <laughs> I was intrigued as to how the valuation was three billion in November, five billion in January, and eight billion by March. Anyway, yeah, that kind of structure was being. But it goes, I think it's part of part of where the cash is in the world, isn't it? So it was, it was a, I've forgotten their name. Is it Mesky or Besky, the guy at uh, Airbnb? Yep. Because obviously they fell off the side of a cliff when when COVID came. Then they suddenly they're valued at one hundred twenty billion. It's gone crazy. They were literally. Running around grabbing cash and just, but the cash is in the system. But well, the cash is in the there, wrong place. In the wrong place. In, well, but the, well, this is one of the dangers of again. It's, it's central banks. They get a lot of credit. They get a lot of flat. They're probably being given too much to do, or they're taking on too much to do. But one of the unintended consequences of holding interest rates at zero is that well, if there's no cost of owning it, people disrespect it. Absolutely. And and therefore you are seeing the danger is that you see capital misallocation. And I, you know, I'm not getting at the people who got involved in the GameStop thing because, you know, they, they felt either there was money to be made, fine, or there was a principle to be made. Absolutely. Fine. That's look, it's their money, right? But the, and again, I'm not their dad. But the, the fact that there were some people saying, "Well, I bought these shares just to make a point and stick it up the hedge funds." I mean, if you've got enough money lying around to run the risk of losing money just to make a point. Yeah. 13 years ago, people were selling outside Northern Rock wondering where their money was. Yeah. So I think the fact that we've come that far in just 13 years, to me, tells us how over-liquefied the economy is and how QE is breeding the grounds for capital misallocation. And, and that's when serious accidents happen, as we found out when the tech bubble burst in 2000 and the housing bubble burst in 2007. But bull markets end when the money runs out. And the yep. money runs out because it's put somewhere at the wrong price at the wrong time or to the wrong person or all three and that's when you get you get trouble whether it's tulip bulbs japanese property latin american mines or mm -hmm. who knows food delivery companies will find out but you're right because of what you're saying there about the government they, they, they can't do right or any of the authorities can't do right you've got bibbles and sybils absolutely vital now we're already starting to worry about uh, i think it was a, a i think it was a survey in the financial times they said 42 percent of the Bibbles borrowers didn't intend to pay it back. Not they couldn't, didn't intend. Yeah. And it's almost, it's a bit, you used, but the system still needed the cash. So whatever the figure, I think it's about 73 It was a no-win no situation. I suspect that, you know, they're probably taking the view that, and then don't forget those bad loans, I think the banks will be swallowing some of that at least, not, not, not just the government, which again comes back to the financial repression list from, from Carmen Reinhardt. But yeah, it, it was, it was an, an invidious choice, but again, it would have been, an easy choice had we not start, you know, it's had we not started with the debts that we had, and that comes back to, you know, the, the system, the foundations are becoming progressively weaker because the borrowing that's that everything's based on. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's a difficult backdrop. That's the that's the that's, but but we still I think we're still a I think we're still a brilliant country as our America as it most around. No, I, I wouldn't want to be seen to be doing Britain down at Absolutely. all. And, and and you can look at companies like um, IP Group, which is based, I know, it's based in Sheffield, so I'm slightly picking mm -hmm. it up, but. Not that that's my hometown, but um, 
you know, Oxford Nanopore is talking about floating at some stage this year. Yeah. They've been right in the vanguard of the uh, against the fight against COVID. It's a leader in DNA and RNA sequencing. And and you know, and Alan Aubrey, the guy who runs up IP Group, is is always never gets bored of saying, um, you know, Cambridge University has got more um, Nobel prizes for science than the whole of France. Yeah. So I really wouldn't want to be seen to be doing the UK down at all. No, no because it's it's. It's got phenomenal things going for it. It's got language. It's got culture. It's got, from a financial market perspective, it's got a great ecosystem. It's got a great part of position in the world. It's got rule of law. It's got an independent central bank. It's got a floating currency. It's got lots of things going for it from a purely financial perspective. And, yeah, I, I do not want to be seen to be doing it down. Like any major developed economy, it, it faces some challenges which need to be addressed, which are not you know, easy to address, particularly by people who think in five-year cycles through their seat. Mm -hmm. Pardon the expression. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But what I've noticed as well, on on the upside, is uh, young entrepreneurs, especially during this period, have been very good. There was, a, there was a, I was doing some work. I was on a course on with Tony Robbins, which is a, he's a bit of a rah rah man in America, but he's very very good in what he does. And what he's saying is, we need good, strong young people who know what they're doing because it's going to be quite a big, not a, not quite a big, a big transference of assets. In business terms, when you look at the baby boomers coming to the to the end of their cycle, a gentleman of my age particularly, um, but it's it's that not a lot of places for them to go either. And then you've got, but I think we've got a, a very sharp. We, we've got quite a few clients here in Belfast, not necessarily clients because we deal in the wrong end of the food chain. But you're seeing some guys who really are really are pushing it here. Really, yeah, pushing. And, and 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 I one of the things I try and do to give back is, as it were, is, is to help out my AGBL apprenticeship program and the quality of the kids that come through there yeah i wouldn't get a job going up against them i can have i wouldn't have got a job going up against them i can absolutely guarantee you that so i think that is fantastically encouraging for the future yes and there's a there's a, there's a young guy here who's got a great business i won't, I won't mention him because sometimes we, they get tired because they're associated to us because we definitely do problems but he's not it's literally a man i bump into a coffee shop and i know a relative of his and the the work ethic. I think that's that's a if if young entrepreneurs do get that work ethic, once they get rid of this rubbish and the private jets and fake it till you make it, all that rubbish, get all that garbage out of the way. There's some brilliant, brilliant businessmen and women, and I think through through this whatever recession, whatever recession recessions we face, the the strength of good people are there. If we can get rid of this rubbish that's in the in the in the, in the and he, and with that backdrop of the transference and you get that environment, I think once you get through this period and get it settled and wherever the trillion pound lands, be it a bit like a war bond, you know, 70 years, this yep. building picked up. Cool. That's down the track. But I think there's a, there's a good side here. It's a real good side. We still got a massive thing to do with our high streets. It was a great thing. I don't know if you saw it, the Ipswich initiative recently. Oh yeah. Where they're looking. So you go to the center of the town and look out for 15 minutes. So usually you're traveling into the town. Because centre of towns are just obviously dying and dying and dying. So everything needs to be 15 minutes away. So if you live there, is there a school 15 minutes away? Is the, is the train station? Okay, yeah. And it's quite, quite, a, and you, you're trying to, because you've got to, you've got to do something. It's only so much bloody coffee we can drink, so many charity shops we can go to. So it's just trying to, they're trying to change it in that sense, which is quite interesting. And we need this new stuff here. There's, there's, there's a lot of good urban stuff still going on. I know. You know. On, on the urban side, you, you're mainly Manchester based as a, as a company? Uh, yeah, Salford Keys actually, so you can right, see Old Trafford good. cricket ground out of one window and Old Trafford football ground out the other, um, if that's your thing. Uh, so yeah, but and there's a there's a there's a London office that's sort of eighty to hundred people just right. near Borough Market and Blackfriars railway stations. So there, you know, in Salford Keys is in a the Salford Keys office is in a very up and coming bit of Manchester. Salford yeah. is very dynamic; it's growing like absolute fury as, as is much of Manchester. So I guess people, AJ Bell's people doing it a little there. bit there. Yeah, and, and, and more people as well now that World Service Radio's business department's moving up there as well. Um, yeah, and generally, I would, as, as, a, as a stock market investor, uh, indeed as a person, I would not want to bet against human ingenuity over the long term. Absolutely not. No, that's not a good bet to take on, in my no. opinion. No, and I say we, we, we're stronger than the dear old uh, mainstream media would have us, Lee. Oh, I would think that, yeah, I think I would not want to bet against our, our finding a way around. So there'll be some nasty things like inflation. And also, you know, you know, companies like Deliveroo, whether it's a success on the stock market or not, the technology is there. And I'm sure there will be 
entrepreneurs thinking of equally amazing platforms absolutely really amazing and not absolutely. more amazing things yeah some of the stuff that's coming out is brilliant really good just one thing before we go on we're going to do you're a quick, welcome we're going to do a quick fire round here just do oh just gosh okay. what is the capital of one, one thing you, you, you've been brilliant <laughs> on names right and i made an absolute cock up of the first bit there the landlord beer i said was maradona's favorite beer is yes. madonna Ah, oh, that's why I was looking. Even well, even there, actually, I think oh, I'm you, you, didn't know. you didn't know that. I Don't go. But but Madonna, you, you Google and check. But but Maradona. But you. One of the first really... dates I had with my wife was at a Madonna concert, actually. Oh, so you're going to say Madonna then? But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. Just just a quick then, a little, a little bit of fun, right? So, wine, red or white? <laughs> Depends on the mood, but I would say white. Just you go to yeah. Yeah, if given a choice, I'd drink. I would, and I could afford it. I'd drink it constantly. Yeah. Very good, very good. Sport other than football and horse racing. Give me two. Cricket, ones. cricket, good man. And Yorkshire. Uh, yeah, though I live in Sussex, uh, and I and I do actually help run uh, the the boys' coaching at our local club here in here in Brighton. Very good, very good. For dinner party, fairy godmother. I'm cooking. You're there. <laughs> Four other guests. Uh, it could be a dead or alive. I would, I, mean, I absolutely adore, I do adore horse racing. So I would go for people in horse racing who don't talk publicly. Yes. So it'd be Sheikh Mohammed, mm -hmm. His Highness the Aga Khan, Sir Michael Stout and Andre Fab because they Very just good. never say anything in public and they are absolute masters of what I know. Sheikh Mohammed's got some public relations issues at the moment, which mm -hmm. I would, uh, I accept need to be treated with, you know, need to be treated with caution in many many different ways and there wouldn't be a lot of alcohol consumed at that dinner but it would still be fascinating all the same in the kitchen we'll keep the one in the kitchen then the other one i tell you he's very good as well on that set so on twitter fergal o'brien do you ever catch him yes yeah funny man funny man mm. very very self-effacing that sense but that's a different thing favorite social media platform that's a trick. Platforms. They'll give you a bit of latitude there. So really. Yeah, I, I I don't tend to use. I, mean, I, I do tweet about beer and football and things. I'll go I'll go for Twitter, but I'm, I'm a sparing user. Yeah, but what would you like? What would you be? What what interests you? What what sort of catches your eye? And you'd sit there and scroll for a while if need be. Uh, I tend I, I tend to follow the football teams and the horses is really what I look for. And then yeah. tips on. And anybody's got an interesting beer, then I tend to have a look for that. Yeah, very, so. good. very good, very good. And there are a few blog. There are a few stock market bloggers I follow who are very very interesting as well. Very good, very good. And last question, and we're putting it back on you, right? We need so you you, you were kindly suggested to us by David Buick, the city grandee. Oh. Watching, so could you give us two people you think we should talk to in terms of this context? This it, hopefully you know, it's a bit of a rambling carry on what we do here, yeah. but, but it gives the context. What we're trying to do is find our way through all the the BS, as I said at the beginning. Yeah, there. Michael Houston at CMC Markets is tremendous. Right. Uh, he's a very smart guy. His his dailies are, are excellent. And I think if you want a slightly different angle, he's more of a currencies man, but therefore he's got the top down all sorted yeah. out, is uh, Richard Perry of Hantech FX. Very good. And we can mention your name? Your name. <laughs> Very good. <Just laughs> no, don't mention my name. Yeah, my <laughs> <No> name's <laughs> a drill. Absolutely. Brilliant. Thanks for that, Russ. That was a, that a fairly whistled through. Yeah, just better crack with it. It's almost like a cup of tea there. And if it was after 12, yeah, maybe taking, yeah. a, taking a fancy craft ale, one of your cloudy craft ales there. No, that's a Friday. I actually am very, I try, Sunday to Thursday, I try and. Uh, school nights. Yeah. Very good. Thank you. And thanks again for your time. That's brilliant. Thank, Thank you. you. It's been a pleasure. Take care. Well, Keep well. Look at it. Speak to you soon. Thanks. Bye, Russ. You've been listening to Real Talk with Terry and the team. If you'd like to hear more, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and stay updated with our latest episodes.